This is Sound and Vision on KEXP. Ilabamba has just released their sixth studio album. It's called Lucha. The project is fronted by Luz Elena Mendoza. Her voice weaves between Spanish and English in her music. After more than 15 years being based in Portland, last year she moved to Mexico, the country where her parents are from. She recently spoke with KEXP's Albina Cabrera. They discussed family, identity, queerness, mental health, the move to Mexico, and Luz's production work on the record. was listening Lucha, you directly expressed that Lucha explored the love, the queerness, the Mexican-American and Chicanx identity, intimacy, or say a family, and all these aspects are not new for you. And think no. that, that you, you grew up with, with all of this. It's part of, mm-hmm. of your of yourself. So what do you think that is different now on what do you think that I don't know, the moment or the feelings that made you express all of this in in Lucha. So we're all growing, right? And like, I'm just, you know, living through life, adapting new tools for myself that I'd never thought that they were accessible to me. Like, I mean, I talk, even though I'm not directly talking about mental health, but like mental health is a huge thing for me. And um, I think that I've been doing a lot of work on myself, like, the last couple of years and especially being who I am with my positionality and growing up in my community where you don't talk about mental health. And like, there's so much that is like silenced, especially as a woman and especially as being queer. And like, I never talked about it. Like, I mean, my, my dad still doesn't know I'm gay. You know, my dad doesn't know that I like, that's been like this journey. So to highlight that, I really, I mean, I know that I'm I'm just an echo to a lot of other people's experiences, but I'm 41, you know, like it's almost like I'm growing up. I know I'm 41, but I feel like I'm growing up in this internal like dialogue of how I've talked to myself, you know, like the imposter syndrome, like the anxiety that like I did not know anybody cared about or had space for, you know, especially around white people dealing with like my, like processing mental health around like, you know, certain communities that weren't like actually at the end of the day, not the best. But um, I think me not now having somewhat of a safer space and um, wiggle room for me to like explore, you know, my mental health and explore my queerness and explore like identity in a very authentic way has really liberated a lot of these narratives that it's just ancestral trauma that just are hard to undo, especially if you live life not having validation or like community to really hold that right because people were just still following the status quo. And like, there was a lot of things that were just unchecked for a lot longer. And think right now that like we are benefiting, I get to benefit from a lot of changes because of the younger generation really paving the way, right? And like, so now it's like, even though I'm 41 now, like I'm just starting to get my bearings and like, and feeling a confidence that I never felt like was accessible to me, you know? And like, mm-hmm. even like believing in myself as like, 
being this person out there playing music, like I think that it, it hasn't really been since maybe the last two years, it, it really hit my family. They're like, oh my God, like she's doing this thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm mm -hmm. like sitting there in the closet, literally like in the closet and in and, and so many ways, just like not knowing how to explore like my queerness and the fluidity that is attached to all of that or like talk about my mental health and like talk about like the the identity crisis and like not being able to like feel safe you know so i feel like during the shutdown from spending time pre previously in mexico and thinking i was going to be there and then just staying in portland the whole entire time during the shutdown it was like hard it was super hard just allowing myself to just kind of find my soft, like really, really allowed my softness to like take the wheel. And like, and it's the beginning. It's just like the tip of the iceberg of like, of that shift with me personally of, you know, healing a lot of the things that my family still don't know how to heal because they don't have access to that. So that's like history, you know? So yeah. Do you feel part of a scene? And how would you describe that scene? It, it, to me, I can see like your generation and the younger generation rethinking that with more mm -hmm. intention. Do you feel part of a scene? For me, being in the Northwest, like I have trauma of like really being like, I'm Mexican, Mexican, I'm not Mexican this way, I'm Mexican this way. And like, I feel like I still have these behaviors where I'm like still like, trying to like highlight these things for the awkward white American cultured community that I was around. So obviously I have my chips on my shoulders of, you know, like acomodando todo eso, right? And so, yes, I have been unseen. And yes, there has been like a, a really important, thick, dark chapter in my life where I'm like, I just want to be seen. I just, once I realized that I wasn't seen, when I started to like really tackle this in therapy in 2017, conversations yeah. were being had and things were being challenged and and so I think that the urgency of wanting to be seen just comes from like trauma and then also from times of living you know years and moments of not feeling seen you know that really does fuck with your mental health and if you have, and if you don't have no one to talk to about it you know especially in the Pacific Northwest you're gonna you're gonna yeah. feel a certain yeah. way you know yeah so yeah. Y quiero preguntarte sobre the only collaboration that you have in the album con el querido compañero de Vendra Band Hard. I would like to know more about that and that connection. Yo cuando tenía 23 años, no vivía en Portland, ya estaba en Ashland, Oregon. I was a body piercer and I was working at this tattoo shop. And so the tattoo artist was like, let's go to Portland on a weekend trip and do this demolition derby. I was like, all right. And Portland to me was like this big city, you know? So we go to Portland and like, I remember going to a coffee shop and I'm listening somewhere in, I don't know, Northwest Portland. And I was like, wow, this is cool. And I hear in the, the music that I was playing the coffee shop, like this, this dude singing in Spanish and it wasn't like, corridos or like musica mexicana or mm -hmm. so i'm just like listening to this guy i'm like what is this
So I fucking investigated, I asked the guy, who is this? Oh, this is Scarlet Revenge Vampire. And so I fucking did my research and in Ashland, like there wasn't like a really cool record store. So I ordered all of his CDs, everything, like a like a freak. And wow. so I like, lis- I listened to all this stuff and like really obsessed. And then I moved to Portland, you know, I, when I turned like 26 years old or whatever, the my best friend at the time um, that I was living with at the time, she bought me tickets to see him because she knew I was like this like freak, like obsessed, like a fan, you're like super fangirl. And um, I go to the show at that time. I was dealing with some really intense health issues. So like my friend, you know, she was waiting in, in front of the in front of the, the crystal ballroom, try to create space for me because I couldn't, you know. So then I finally got to the front. We're seeing him play. And I guess around that time, he was doing this a lot with his tours where he would ask someone in the audience, be like, someone wants to play a song, you know? No. I, I didn't know that then, but I felt so he did it. He was doing it around a lot. So he did that at the show and I'm in the front. And then my my friend Heather, she's like, she wants to sing a song, but I didn't do it. I didn't raise my hand. And she like was like going like this. And I was like, what? I'm like, no. And so next thing I know, he like grabs my hand, puts me on stage. And I hop on stage from, you know, trying to climb up that little whatever. And he puts his guitar on me. And then he goes back to the drum set. And I just play a song. That I don't even know what I played, but like whatever song I was playing at the time. But I was like, imagine me, you know, really innocent, you know, very like, like just started La Bamba by myself. The health issues made me feel like I was going to die. Like, you know, just like going through these really intense moments in that context of time. And I felt like, oh, I can die tomorrow. Like, I see bien inocente. I felt like, because it, it was, you know what I mean? Like one of those, yeah. whatever. So from that day, you know, I talked to him afterwards and like we've exchanged, you know, emails and stuff on like an innocent level. We still didn't know each other and stuff. And we just kind of kept this relationship mildly. And I reached out to him, you know, during the pandemic. And I was like, hey, do you want to, you know, collaborate on the song? You know, we can do something awesome with it. Let's try to, you know, raise some money for a nonprofit or something. Let's do this, this collaborate if you want. And he was so down. When I got it back, I just felt like, wow, it's so wild, like that I was like 23 years old when I heard this musician. And for me, for me, it's just, I mean, I just, I get teary eyed when I think about it because no one was there. No one knows like my trajectory as like being like, I don't even call myself an artist, but like this artist is like just writing in Spanish and English just because it was natural. And then being in the future during the pandemic, getting to collaborate with someone that like I really like authentically honestly admired yeah know? it's full circle I mean yeah I, I can I can see that a, a full circle at least of one part of your career that we can have in that collaboration in Lucha which is great 
that I would close this conversation that I enjoyed a lot. If you can pick like one favorite song of the album and tell me why, para Luz. Canción favorita y por qué. I mean, when I think of every single song, I mean, there's a lot of, and we didn't talk about all of that, like how hard it was to even like make this record for a lot of reasons. Um, but we won't get into that, you know. What was like hard? It's just being a woman, learning to be your own producer, having your learning curves, and then you're working with men and you're working you know, like dealing with scarcity with like not knowing if just a lot, a lot of things that like it would take a whole other pinche platica de hablar de esas cosas. But I'm grateful for being able to like follow through and go through some hard lessons and still give myself that grace and compassion as I'm still learning how to like really trust who I'm collaborating with, trust who who's engineering it, trust, you know, just like going through that whole process, you know, and there's reasons for that. Again, that's a whole other plática. But for the longest time, I think my favorite song was Dibujos de Mi Alma, just because it was one of the first songs that I was like, that I felt very tiernita and shit about it. Um, and then also really excited, had this whole vision. It like changed so many times. It's like, no, it has to be like this, it has to be like that, you know. But I also would say that um, the first song on the album, I don't think the word favorite is the right word. I think it's a word that, I, th I think what I feel is, I wrote, I wrote the song right after I found out that a community member in our music community, Sumo, um, Nectali, I think that's their real name, passed from Rina Tropical. And that happened like last year in September or something. And I was here and it really hit the community hard because it happened really unexpectedly. And just like feeling all of the things that came along with um, that, that news. And I wrote that song right after Eight. It's Yama Eight, it's the first song on the record. And it was just a collage of just, you know, the rainy summer days here in, uh, here in Mexico. And And also I was going through some really intense health issues that lasted for almost a year. And I, as I was finishing the record too, like I was going to the studio, dealing with health issues, you know, dealing with like, you know, just being a new person here and also finding out that this person passed away. And um, also dealing with my own feelings of like, am I going to continue to tour? Am I going to like keep, you know, releasing music, this is painful, like just kind of going through all that, shit. you know, like being honest, like, oh, this is not good for my mental health. Like it feels really intense. And I wrote like a little, you know, all my songs are collages. So it's like a collage of like talking about death and life and things that just happen. And it's kind of like life, life is short. And um, it's just like a song of being present. Like, I'm like, whoa, I'm here. Like being like, this is happy, you know, like lluvia. La, 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 the time you know what I mean? I'm just like talking about, it was like one of the songs I wrote. Like I wrote it while I was here. And so I put it on there. So to me, that's like very, it's like very special for me. So that's why. Uh -huh. 
thank you so much for sharing that with me. And thank you so much for this conversation, Luz. It's also super powerful. Your music is very powerful to me personally. It's great to have you here on KXP. So, muchas Thank gracias. you for having me. Thank you. That was Luz Elena Mendoza of Ilabamba talking about her new record called Lucha with KEXP's Albina Cabrera. More of this conversation will be featured in Albina's upcoming KEXP podcast called El Sonido. That podcast will be launching later this month. Here's Ilabamba's song Luz was just mentioning. It's called Eight. <laughs> Sound and Vision, please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, and consider giving a one-time $20 donation to help support this show at kexp.org slash sound. Thanks for listening.